Cancer Research UK Cambridge Centre podcast. In this Integrated Cancer Medicine Research in Focus series, I talk to various ICM members about their research and how it is supported by the vision of the Mark Foundation Institute for Integrated Cancer Medicine. MFICM research uses cutting-edge analytics to maximise the use of diverse high-volume datasets and by capturing cancer heterogeneity in time and space in patients receiving active treatment. Integrated Cancer Medicine aims to transform the way the world treats cancer by affecting patients along their treatment pathway and ultimately accelerate cures. Today I have with me Dr Jean Abraham and Catherine Scott to talk about Integrated Cancer Medicine within the Personalised Breast Cancer Programme and the Partner Clinical Trial and how the research has been translated into the clinic to positively affect Catherine's treatment in real time and what the impact and outcome has been. Dr Jean Abram is co-leader of the Integrated Cancer Medicine Programme, director of the Cambridge Breast Cancer Research Unit, academic honorary consultant in medical oncology and reader in the Department of Oncology at the University of Cambridge. Catherine Scott was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer in September 2016 and was treated by Jean as part of the partner trial and also took part in the personalised breast cancer programme. So Jean, to start with, could you briefly outline the disease for me? Triple negative breast cancer is about 10 to 15% of all breast cancers. So that's about 8,000 women in the UK a year. It's a type of breast cancer that does not uh, have any receptors that you can target for estrogen, progesterone, and also for the protein HER2, where that protein is not overexpressed or there isn't too much of it. So this tends to limit the treatment options because those are all of our targets to uh, really attack when we're thinking of what kind of treatments to give patients. So when you think about the fact of how common breast cancer is, although it's only 10 to 15 percent, it's a very small number of breast cancer patients, but actually a large number of people across the world uh, with not many decent treatment options. So in terms of treatment, you've already stated that there are not many options. Are there any other challenges that this type of cancer presents? The fact that the treatment options are limited is one of the key challenges, but also the fact that if the treatment that you do give doesn't work, that the chance of relapsing early is high. Um, It's less common to relapse late, but can happen. And I guess for us, making sure that we can identify the best treatments for patients is really important because of the lack of good treatments, novel treatments, and having excellent ways to stratify patients into the right type of treatment or select better patients into the right type of treatment is really important. Sure, yeah. And Catherine, can you walk us through your journey and tell us when you were diagnosed and what treatment you were given at the start? Yeah, I was diagnosed in um, September 2016, and I was told at the start that I'd have to have chemo followed by an operation in radiotherapy. I was also told that there might be the possibility of taking part in a trial as well. And how did starting treatment impact your daily life and that of your family? Well, obviously. It was a shock to begin with, the initial diagnosis, and um, as Dr Abraham says, it's quite an aggressive cancer because I'd had a routine mammogram in the November of the previous year, and then by the time I realised I'd got a problem in the August, 
that had already grown to about four centimetres, I think was the um, dimensions I was given at the time, I believe. So it had obviously in that time grown quite considerably. Obviously, once I was diagnosed, there was lots of tests and things to go and have done before I was able to start the chemo, just to make sure that I was in as healthy condition as I could be to start the treatment. But I had weekly chemo for 12 weeks and then a different type of chemo for three weeks after that. But alongside the first lot of chemo, I was um, involved in the trial, which involved taking a tablet for 12 days during each cycle of chemo. And how did that impact your family life? I mean, I guess it must have been a complete upheaval for your normal life routine. Yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> you find that then your, your life revolves around hospital appointments, especially as you're going weekly and other scans and appointments and things that were happening at the same time. So it obviously impacted in that way, as well as having a, an impact on everybody personally as well through the shock of it and dealing with, with everything. Of course, yeah. Jean, could you just take us through some of the treatments that breast cancer patients have to go through at the start of their diagnosis and talk through some of the studies that they can enrol on? I have to say the patients in Cambridge and across the country who've been involved in, in Partner and Personalised Breast Cancer Programme have been amazing because they are told their diagnosis and then, I mean, literally a day or sometimes on the same day, they are asked if they would like to enter a clinical trial. And if that's not complicated enough, the clinical trial obviously has lots of different research bits to it. And then just to add a little bit more complexity, we then ask them if they'd like to go on a completely separate study, which is the sequencing project. And then just to wrap it up really uh, nicely with a bow, we, we then ask them if they'd like to go into an imaging study. And Catherine did all of those things. And I think I don't know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Catherine, but I think sometimes you're almost slightly on automatic pilot and you're kind Definitely. of just getting through each bit as you go along. Yes. And, and I guess afterwards, given that Catherine was patient number one on the personalised breast cancer programme, it's hard to remember what belonged to what and which bit, you know, was the trial and which bit was the sequencing project. Yes, definitely. Yes. Uh, so Catherine, what did enrolling on the personalised breast cancer programme entail and how did it change your treatment? I was involved in having some more scans and various blood tests and it kind of made sure that I was on the right treatment for the type of cancer I had because obviously when I was first diagnosed I was just told it was breast cancer and I didn't realise that there were different types and so they can then adjust the type of treatment you have to work best with the type of cancer that you have to try and get the best outcome that's possible. Thank you. And Jean, is sequencing a, a particular part of the Personalised Breast Cancer Programme? Could you talk a little bit about that? Sequencing is really uh, a little bit like reading a book. If you opened up a book and you just read the chapter headings, that would be a bit like what we used to do in the sort of olden days, where we would take a panel of genes that we thought were interesting for a particular cancer, and we put all of those interesting genes on the panel and then test for those. So it's a bit like just looking at a chapter heading. So the key things that you think are important. But when you come to do whole genome sequencing, what you do is you open that book and you read down into the detail. And sequencing involves something called depth. So that will tell you 
just how deeply you're going to read your genome. So all of your the material that makes up uh, you. And then there's also something called read, which is about how many times you read the genome. So if you read a book once, you'll know it reasonably well, but you'll probably forget it in a shorter period of time. If you read it several times, you'll get a lot more detail and retain that detail. So in a sense, it's very similar. So read and depth are important in sequencing because they can ramp up the cost, but they can also tell you more information. So what Catherine came into the Personalised Breast Cancer Programme is a sequencing project that we offer to all patients who come through the door in Cambridge and we are just about to open in some of the other centres around the UK. And what that allows us to do is sequence what we call the germline DNA, so what you're born with, the kind of deck of cards that you come into the world with, and that gives us a baseline of what you what you started with. And then we also sequence what we call the somatic or tumour DNA and RNA, the two different types, components of your genome. And that tells us what has either changed since you've got the cancer or perhaps sometimes what's actually initiated the cancer, so what we call drivers. And that whole picture together allows us to understand two things, really. It allows us to understand the exact subtype of even the triple negative breast cancer that you've got, because even triple negative breast cancer can be subdivided again into different subtypes. And so it helps us to really understand what subtype of cancer breast cancer and triple negative cancer you have and it helps us to see if uh, the treatment course that you've been started on is a good option for the type of cancer that you've got so it helps us answer questions about understanding the biology and understanding the right treatment course. In terms of data integration Jean what data sets did you analyse and combine and how did the results inform your decision on the best treatment for Catherine? So Catherine was our fabulous patient number one on the Personalised Breast Cancer Programme and patient number two on Partner, in fact. So she was really at the cutting edge of all of this. And as patient number one at that time, it was obviously very early in the study, we were really getting to grips with how to look at the data and how to combine it. So we were combining clinical and genetic data. We were looking at the blood DNA to look at the inherited breast cancer risk and at the tumour DNA and RNA to look at the treatment and subtype of cancer that Catherine had. And then we combine that with clinical data. Now, since Catherine's been on the study, and that was in late 2016, we've obviously set up alongside uh, some of my colleagues, the Integrated Cancer Medicine theme, and we have started to make much more sophisticated efforts at integrating data. So now we have started to take the sequencing data from the Personalised Breast Cancer Programme, combine it with clinical, and then we've also got, and Catherine contributed to this, the circulating tumour DNA from the partner patients, and we will start to look at that information and we have the imaging that was taken, the mammographic data. So we'll look at that. And then just to add an additional strand, we will take the images of the sections of tissue or pathology that were taken um, that have now been digitalized. And we'll start to look at that as well and combine all of that kind of information to really understand what the contribution is for, of each of those component parts. Right, right. Catherine, how do you feel about your participation in the Personalised Breast Cancer Programme and the Partner Trial? For example, do 
you remember how you felt when you were first approached about taking part in the clinical research and what would your advice be to other people who are considering taking part in a trial? Well, to be honest, when I was first asked originally, it was right at the beginning when I was first diagnosed and there was so much information at the time that I was a bit dubious because I didn't see Dr. Abraham at that point. I just saw a general oncologist. And when I was told that there was a possibility of going on to a trial, I was a bit unsure as to whether that would mean that I would get the normal treatment or whether this was something different. And so it would be a real experiment. But once I expressed interest in going on to it, and was referred to Dr Abraham she explained it more thoroughly and then I was quite confident to take part in the trial because I was still going to be getting the standard treatment but this was going to be done on top of it so it's like something extra and it's interesting to be involved in something that was just starting out it was all very new not only to me but also their new studies it was good to be involved in something that might help with treatment in the future. And would you advise other people to take part in a clinical trial? Yes, definitely. You get lots of support. You also get extra scans and tests. Well, I did anyway, got extra scans and tests. And that was quite useful to know how things were going during the treatment, to kind of keep you positive and to know that things were heading in the right direction and to know that things were working. So overall, it was a positive experience. It definitely was positive. Yes, yes because it just felt as if the treatment was being geared to what I needed rather than just being a straightforward blanket treatment. Mm -hmm. And in my case, I didn't have to have such an invasive operation as they thought, because when I first started it out, they thought I would most likely have to have an actual mastectomy. But in the end, I only had a lumpectomy. That yeah. was definitely a positive outcome for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Jean, how do you think these techniques of data integration and um, genomic sequencing, how will they change the patient pathway in the future and what does it mean for patients? I think it probably means two things. I think that it will allow us to develop better selection methods to give the right treatments to the right patients at the right time. I think it will allow us to not give patients treatment who don't need it and to give treatments that are less toxic. So we can actually do things like assess whether a particular drug might cause toxicity for a patient. So there's a whole range of uh, immediate things that it can do for a patient. I think going and thinking in more detail about the integration component, what we do to patients at the very beginning of their breast cancer journey is we do an awful lot of different tests, both in research and in normal uh, what we call standard of care and what we don't really have a handle on is the real weight and value of each of those component parts so we know that genomics is important we know that we have to do imaging to find the cancer but what we really need to do is extract the really important bits of all of these different what we call modalities or bits of research and care that we give to our patients and really understand how taking the most critical bits of those and combining it and understanding how they interconnect and how they relate to each other and affect the outcome or the response to a treatment, that will really help us to understand how to manage our patients better. The way we've developed this is with some of our allied teams across the university, like the Computer Science Lab, where they are using machine learning and AI methodology to actually help us to not just integrate this data, but actually set it up in a way so that if you're not being treated in Cambridge, but you're being treated in Peterborough or Kings Lynn or Preston, 
that actually you can also access that same information. So there is, it's really important that actually what is developed in Cambridge becomes disseminated and really deals with the equity of care across the UK and not just in Cambridge or around Cambridge. Sure, it's very important to share the expertise. Jean, can I ask how this research is funded? The Personalised Breast Cancer Programme is part of the Mark Foundation Institute for Integrated Cancer Medicine, funded by the Mark Foundation, but also by Cancer Research UK, the uh, Cancer Research UK Cambridge Centre. And the very first part of the project was also pump-primed, if you like, by Addenbrooke's Charitable Trust, who also took a great leap of faith and funded that project as well. The partner study is co-funded by Cancer Research UK, and actually we also get some support for and the Alaparib free, Willimpaza free from AstraZeneca. So there's a lot of different groups involved in supporting these studies. Sure. And Catherine, can I ask you about your experience on the partner trial? Well, I was offered the trial that was going to run alongside the chemo treatment so that for 12 days within each cycle, I would take a medicine called Alaparib, which would help hopefully alongside the chemo to treat the cancer and to help the tumour hopefully to shrink and eventually disappear. And it was just taken as a tablet so I could take it at home and it was very simple to take and to be involved in that part of the trial. And part of the um, various trials, I had some extra MRI scans. And I think it was in the November after I started the treatment that I had a scan and they could already see that the tumour and the surrounding tissue that had been damaged was much less than it had been beforehand. So it had in fact shrunk. And was that directly due to Catherine taking the elaborate gene and being part of the trial? Well, that's an answer we don't know yet because it's a a randomised trial. So we have to get to, I think, something just under 800 patients to really know the answer to that in a powerful way. We're not far now, Catherine. We're sort of 640-odd now, so um, getting there. (laughs) That's great. So, And when you get to the end, what happens then when you have enough patients in the trials to know this information? How is that communicated to the patients? So actually, Catherine hasn't received the email yet, but she very kindly, ages ago, agreed to be part of our partner patient advisory group. And so we're actually going to have what we've set up a little group of patients who have finished partner, who are going to help us to write the research work that comes out of partner, because there's a huge wealth of research that's been done on this study. And also the actual trial results help us to phrase it in ways that are really understandable to patients and their families and help us to understand what kind of research is important to patients, both at the time they were diagnosed and later as well. That's excellent. So your involvement never stops, basically. (laughs) (laughs) We keep you forever. (laughs) Dean, can I ask you, how does this research fit in with your broader research? The partner trial, I guess, is two things. It's obviously asking the question of can we improve the outcomes for triple negative breast cancer patients by looking at a novel therapy in an area of breast cancer research where there is no novel therapy treatments or certainly wasn't when we started. And so there's the kind of clinical interest. But actually what partner also is, is is a huge vehicle for collecting samples and information that we then really leverage by partnering with people in Cambridge and around the UK 
uh, and the world, in fact, for our ctDNA work to really better understand how we can improve both the detection and treatment selection for triple negative breast cancer patients. So in a sense, it's both a clinical outcome, but also a really impactful, broader research outcome. And it will last forever because the uh, sequencing project, the data from that and the clinical data and tissue samples from the partner data have gone into public resources or will go into public resources in an anonymized fashion so that no patient details are given out that will help researchers across the world. That's brilliant. Can I ask you finally, where do you see integrated cancer medicine taking us in the next five to 10 years? So I think I touched on this previously in terms of the involvement of machine learning and AI and tools that we can help to democratise healthcare across the UK and across the world. And so that's one aspect. But really, fundamentally, I guess what we want to do is embed that philosophy and that approach in our new cancer research hospital, uh, which we hope will be starting to be developed in 2025 and have research and clinical care really embedded together and integrated together for every patient that comes through the door so that we can just change our patient pathways to be more impactful, safer, and make sure that every patient has the best possibility of surviving as long as possible. So it's really changing the paradigm and tailoring the care to each person's specific makeup and specific disease. It's quite game-changing. Indeed, I couldn't have put it better myself, Ellie. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies, thank you so much for joining me this evening for this podcast. It's been such an interesting conversation. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Catherine, for coming along and chatting to us. It's so nice to see you. (laughs) Thank you. I can't tell you how wonderful it is to have your contribution. It just makes it all real and it shows the impact. And that's just really wonderful. want to find out more about the work of the Mark Foundation Institute for Integrated Cancer Medicine, please visit our website at www.integratedcancermedicine.org, where you can find details of the ICM vision, all the current research, clinical trials, resources, publications and team information. You can keep up to date with our latest news and events and you can also sign up for our newsletter. If you would like more information about the work of the CRUK Cambridge Centre, please go to www.cirukcambridgecentre.org.uk or you can connect with us on Twitter using our handle at CRUKCAM Centre. Thanks for listening and do join us again soon.